Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour on a Tuesday. Let's go. Happy to have you along from the Southern Bancorp Studios in beautiful downtown Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's the Eagle Hour. Great show for you today. Scott Watkins from the Sun-Herald will be talking Sunbelt football later in the show. Interviews today from the Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Week, Andrew Stein and his holder, Jake Lane, as Kelly Sander was out at practice uh, today. We're going to be talking Florida State in this first segment in just a moment. But the first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Of course, our hometown team, located outside the Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. Catering events everywhere. Our good buddy Justin Harris and his staff at Dickie's Barbecue cook up the best meat Everywhere. So uh, appreciate Dickies for their sponsorship. Kelly, it's beautiful here in Laurel. Same in Hattiesburg, I assume. It is. A countdown uh, Countdown is underway. It's a competition Tuesday at practice today. The guys fired up uh, Will Hall. Very impressed with the way that his team uh, performed today. But, of course, they've got some pretty tall trees, pretty big forest that they're walking into on Saturday. And that's our first topic of discussion today. Absolutely. Happy to have joining us Jeff Colhane, who is the voice of the Florida State Seminoles. And he joins us from Tallahassee. Jeff, really appreciate your time today. Luke, Kelly, it's great to talk to you guys and uh, the great folks around Laurel and Hattiesburg and uh, Southern Miss fans. What a great program, great tradition and history, and obviously uh, Florida State and Southern Miss have a, have a history that goes all the way back to the 1950s. So, uh, looking forward to getting this thing revved back up on uh, on Saturday night. It's going to be a late night, guys. That's an 8.30 Eastern kick. I got two young ones, four and 14 months, so I might need a nap at the half because that's past my bedtime, but I'm ready to roll. Yeah. It is going to be a late kick, uh, but you, you mentioned there is a lot of history here, but not in the last several years other than the Independence Bowl in 2017. Eagles hadn't played uh, in Tallahassee since since 96, but let's kind of go back to Sunday night. Eyes of the college football nation were on you and LSU, and Seminoles just dominated uh, of that game. Your takeaways from Sunday night? A lot of hype, you know, a lot of excitement. It felt like we were talking about this game for three years, guys. It was just like, can we get to this thing and, and kick this bad boy off? And, uh, man, it was it was a, a first half where, you know, both teams landed some punches, and, and Florida State, I think, allowed the emotions they were feeling of the moment to, to maybe overtake them a little bit with some penalties, some late hits, and, and, you know, post-play penalties as well, and, uh, that was one of the big talking points of the half uh, in the locker room from Mike Norvell and the coaching staff was, guys, you know, we want you to play with emotion. It's an emotional game, but you cannot allow it to overtake you and, and you make poor decisions. And I think 
from that point on, you saw a football team that came out and just played the game and played to their capability. And uh, I don't know if it was a stunner or a shocker, uh, considering what we have seen here locally with this offense and the talent that has been accumulated by by coach and by the staff. You know, we knew that this team could score some points. You know, we didn't know how many they would score on on Sunday night against a very very good LSU team and and LSU defense. Um, and it was. You know, from a garden goal standpoint, guys, it was fun to watch. At one point, outscoring LSU in the second half, thirty-one to nothing. So, uh, a lot of people excited. But now you gotta you gotta turn the page and get ready for a Southern Miss team that's very, very talented, very, very well coached, and a uh, squad that's going to come in ready to play. A lot of storylines in this game, and of course, if, if Southern Miss fans aren't aware of this, leading rusher from uh, from the other night for for the Seminoles, uh, he's a guy at a Northwest ranking. You had a defensive player, uh, Jerry and Jones. He's from the Delta, and and but but let's start at the top. Will Hall coached with Mike Norvell, and and we actually brought this up yesterday, Jeff. The day Will Hall was uh, hired at Southern Miss, uh, Norvell put out a tweet just praising Will Hall for his coaching ability. These two guys know each other well. They know each other well, and and you know as you guys have discussed and laid out, you know Will Hall was a part of Mike Norvell's staff at Memphis, and he's been an offensive coordinator, you know, at Louisiana and Tulane, and his family certainly is very very well known uh, in the state of Mississippi and around the South when it comes uh, to to the game of football, and uh, you know, and looking back and following Coach and and seeing his success as. You know, a guy that threw nine touchdown passes in a game at, at Northwest Mississippi Community College and then going on and went to Harlan Hill at North Alabama. His dad, obviously, you know, the, the legendary Bobby Hall won 310 games. And, um, you know, the line I, I love is I was, you know, taking a look at Coach and, and his family. And he went to college to be an engineer and called his father and said, you know, Dad, I, I want to be a coach. And to which his dad replied, well, it's been pretty good to me. And so uh, the Hall family is obviously synonymous with success uh, in the game of football. And um, there's a high level of respect here, uh, there's no doubt, um, from, from Mike Norvell to Will Hall with uh, what those guys have done together and how well they know each other. And so uh, that's, a, that's a driving force, I can tell you, this week in preparing and, and you know, turn the page. And we'll see, we'll find out how well Florida State can do that because – we know the Golden Eagles are going to be ready to go. They're going to be ready to play on Saturday night. And uh, this Florida State team's got to uh, move on from the success. And you can't bask in that win too often because you got a football team that's going to come to town and, and get after you Saturday evening. I think speaking on, the, on behalf of the rest of the country, not necessarily a huge surprise that the Seminoles beat LSU, but what raised eyebrows was the manner in which they did, particularly in the second half. So with all that behind you now, how good really is this – this Seminole team was it a mixture of Florida State being really good and LSU being really bad or what where's the expectation bar now the rest of the year well, after that I, first performance? yeah I think the expectations were high coming in uh, guys I think they were high you know there's a little bit of cautious optimism with you know the lack of success from from this program prior to Mike Norvell arriving and obviously it took coach a minute to get things to where he wanted it to go and it feels like they are there you know, where we are at right now after that win. But it's a long season. Uh, there's a lot of football left to be played. Um, you know, I, I think for me, in, in trying to figure out the combination of things, I, I genuinely believe, guys, that Florida State offensively has the pieces in place 
to do what they did on Saturday night. I was not, not anticipating 45 points uh, by any means, but just with the additions of guys like Keon Coleman and Shaheem Bell, who were outstanding, we knew they had a chance to be very, very good. Again, we didn't anticipate they would come that early and that often against the great LSU defense uh, with the way that Mike Norvell has retained uh, talent from a year ago and Jordan Travis and Trey Benson and Johnny Wilson and and also continue to get veteran and, and old and experienced along both lines of scrimmage offensively and defensively. Um, there was a thought that this this was a team and, and, and an offense in particular that had a chance to be very, very good. Now the defense really showed up as well in the second half. Uh, we saw the depth, I think, really shine along the defensive line with guys like Gilbert Edmonds behind Jared Verse. Patrick Payton returns, a tremendous talent at defensive end. Um, Braden Fisk out of Western Michigan backing up Fabian Lovett. You know, Josh Farmer, a young returner, uh, had a tremendous game, as did Dennis Briggs. And so um, getting to Jaden Daniels, trying to corral him, and, and just keep that LSU offense uncomfortable what was a big stepping point, stepping stone, I should say, into the success of the game on uh, on Sunday night, and and then I think you know I think Florida State secondary really stepped up too. That's an LSU receiving core that's got some NFL guys there uh, that are going to be uh, making some plays on Sundays, and guys like Renardo Green and Orlando native made some things happen. He talked about Jarian Jones, who is from the state of Mississippi, and he was around the football, making it happen as well, and so. You know, you're going to have that same kind of uh, challenge with this offense for Southern Miss. Uh, obviously, we're very, very well aware of Frank Gore Jr. Uh, and, and his success and his family and, and everything that uh, that Frank Gore has, has done during his time at Southern Miss. I was watching the tape yesterday, guys. I think, and the wide receivers that Billy Wiles throws to, these guys got some shake to them. Uh, they can make some plays, and um, they are they are going to certainly press and put some pressure on the Florida State defense with how those guys get the ball and make things happen in space. Now, I was I was educated as a broadcaster, and I just want to talk broadcaster for just a second, if you'll oblige me. I remember football coaches say they would never want to be the guy after Bear Bryant at Alabama, but they wouldn't mind being the guy after that guy. Uh, yeah. Well, you're the guy immediately behind one of the greats of all time, in my opinion, Gene Deckerhoff. Any trepidation at all about taking that job? Uh, considering no. considering that no. you were following Gene Deckerhoff, no, you know the answer is uh, I did not. Um, I, I've never been a guy, and, and 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 you know I'm I'm talking to you guys and our and your listeners for the first time. I, I've never been someone that has shied away from an opportunity and a challenge if I, if I believed it was the right one for myself and my family. And my dream has always been to be at a place like a Florida state, a place where there's a rabid following where the fans wake up every morning and, you know, they, they eat, drink, sleep, uh, bleed their, their team and, and their colors. And so uh, obviously uh, the Florida state brand speaks for itself in so many ways. And I'm lucky enough to be around a couple of great places, spending time in Nebraska and West Virginia. Uh, and also at a smaller level was at North Dakota state in my previous stop. and was around a lot of successful uh, programs there. And so, you know, you're in this business, it is more likely than in coaching that you are going to follow somebody that has been around for a long time. The great John Cox has been a Southern Miss for 46 years. I can't wait to meet him in the booth uh, here hey, at Joe Campbell stadium. Yeah. Hey Jeff, real quick. We're up against a hard break. Can we hold you over and get, get, a, get you to finish that thought on the other side of the break? You bet guys. 
Absolutely. We're continuing to talk with uh, Jeff Colhane, voice of the Florida State Seminoles, right after this on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on a Tuesday. Second segment brought to you by our great friends at Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. You can shop for Southern Miss swag from your home, from anywhere. Campusbookmark.net. But they're, uh, they're of course, that gold store located on Hardy Street, right across from the University of Southern Mississippi. Luke, Michael, and Kelly from the Southern Bank or Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, we continue with Jeff Colhane, the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, and ran into that commercial break. Jeff, wanted you to allow you to finish following up yeah. such a legend um, like Gene Deckerhoff. Yeah, no, sorry I ran a little long there, guys. But, uh, you know, I look at it as an honor and an opportunity, and I don't look at it as something to shy away from. And, and certainly it's a huge change for – uh, the fan base and for listeners, and uh, it's going to take time. You know, you got to earn trust, and you got to go out and be prepared and and do all the things that you need to do to help yourself get ingrained locally with with everyone around the Seminole family. And um, that's an opportunity I've been dreaming about my entire life. And so, um, you know, never ever looked at it from a negative or with any trepidation. I looked at it as me going out and attacking. To, to achieve my dream that I've, I've really been working hard for. So uh, Gene, obviously, as you guys know, is the, one of the greats, not only as a broadcaster, but as a person, and he's been great to me and my family here, and um, lucky enough to call him a mentor and a friend. And so uh, we talk, you know, we text, we, we talked, he gave me a call day of game Sunday before the LSU game, and we talked for about five, ten minutes, and um, he, is, uh, he is one of the all-time best, there's no question. We were fortunate enough to have him on the show in 2017 to preview the Independence Bowl, and appreciate that. Yeah, he is a legend. And, and Jeff, we'll let you go, man. We know you got a lot going on. Thanks for your time today, and uh, and I hope you have a great call on on Saturday night. Hope you don't win the game, but hope it's a great call, okay? Yeah. No, I hear you. Luke <laughs> Kelly, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you again hopefully down the road. Thanks, Jeff. That's uh, Jeff Coolhane, the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, joining us. And uh, Kelly? Got to get ready for the Seminoles. You were out at practice today. It was competition Tuesday, first half of practice. You know, guys are continuing to compete for for jobs. All in all, the health of the team is pretty good, except for Cole Cole Cavallo, the tight end, was in a boot today. It looks like his uh, his time with the Southern Miss team as a player, uh, his days are going to be limited. Uh, of course, no days here in the near future, but hopefully uh, he'll be able to get back toward the, the end of the season. But uh, he was in a boot today and on crutches at practice, so no Cole Cavallo. But uh, Andrew Stein was named the Sunbelt Conference Special Teams Player of the Week, the place kicker for Southern Miss. He had some some chip shot field goals. He had one real long field goal, and this guy's a testament to adversity. He's been on this team since a freshman All-American in 2019. That was four years ago. A lot of guys would have folded up their tent and gone to the house, but Andrew Stein says he's a field goal kicker. That's what he does. He loves Southern Miss. Had a chance to catch up with the Sunbelt Special Teams Player of the Week this morning. Conference Special Teams Player of the Week. And really, you got to rewind the clock, Andrew, back to 2019. There'd be a lot of people that would just say, you know what, through whatever circumstances, I, you know, I'm done. I mean, that. but here you are, 2024 years later, and boom, you're in the spotlight. Mentally, how have you dealt? with the way chronology and the calendar has handled your career? Um, mentally, I think uh, I've been pretty strong. Uh, I've had a lot of support around me, friends, teammates, 
uh, over the years of COVID-21 and last year, our special, uh, our specialist group, we've all been just one big family. Everybody's here for each other. It's not like I want to play over you and I'm going to be mad if you do. Like it, it was never like that. We're all just one big family. So, But I mean, going back to the 2019, then the 2021, you probably could have just said, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm just going to get on with my life. What, what kept you in the game? Uh, I just, I love kicking footballs. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, I know I, I didn't have the opportunity to play for a long time, but I love what I do. I love being around the sport and being around all the guys. And I think that's what kept me motivated each day to just keep trying to get better. They always talk about, they mean a lot of broadcasters always talk about kickers being squirrely and whatnot. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but how soon after you make contact with football, do you know whether you've made it or missed it? Um, almost instantly. Take uh, us through the, take us through the educate us. Um, so like right when I make contact with the ball, I'll know immediately, uh, where on my foot I'll hit it. Like as soon as it comes off my foot, um, something like if it doesn't feel like super smooth, uh, like it usually does, I could, uh, for instance, feel it off, uh, my toe. And usually when you hit it off your toe, the, you miss right. And then, uh, when you hit it off your ankle or a little higher on your foot or the ball, it'll uh, hook left. So you almost know instantly uh, how good of a kick and uh, how solid your contact is. There's got to be a lot of science involved in this, too, because you got to take wind into account. And wind at one end of the stadium might be different than the other end. How focused are you on that? And where does that fit into this equation? Um, I would say I've, I'm pretty focused on the wind. I've even during practice, I on my way walking into the facility every day, I'll check the wind, check the weather for the day, tomorrow. Um, and then it depends on the stadium, honestly. Some stadiums, the wind swirls more than others. Uh, so you got to take all that into effect uh, when you're warming up. So I try to, figure, try to figure out the wind when I'm warming up and then just play off of that. Would you rather kick on natural grass or turf? Uh, I would rather natural grass, honestly. Why? Uh, I think the grass allows me to get under the ball more, and grass has more give to it than uh, turf does. Okay, and final question. Obviously, you had some short field goals this past week. You had the long one. Technique-wise, how do you approach those two kicks different, a short kick as opposed to a longer kick, if there is any technique difference? Uh, for me, it's the I kick an extra point the same exact way I would kick a 60-yard field goal. I, I don't change anything. I don't try to... Uh, kill the ball for a farther kick i'd just do the same motion same swing every time and then just try to make every kick and let gravity take it from there yes okay. sir well congratulations great game and nothing but the best in the future thank you that's andrew stein conference uh, special teams player of the week but some, one of the guys that makes him look particularly good is jake lang who's a backup quarterback and he is pushing to become the holder of the year you've heard of you know running back of the year the heisman trophy winner all these different awards well there is an award for holder of the year and we certainly think that he should be included we talked about him potentially getting that award and where he fits in as a holder among other things today at practice before we get to the meat and potatoes of the talk I want to talk about your campaign. It's kind of old news, I guess, to some people, but to me it's not. So this uh, holder of the year or whatever, kind of fill us in on what's going on. So the holder of the year award is a guy named Peter Mortel. You know, they said his hands were too slow. They said, you know, he couldn't get his spot down. He was a guy that just kind of came to work every day and named an award after himself, which power move by that guy. <laughs> he, uh, 
you know, named the award. He raised money for the Minnesota Children's Hospital right by their stadium. And uh, yeah, oh, he so, was a gopher then. I'm he guessing. was a gopher. He okay. was a gopher, and it's it's a charitable foundation that um, the the winner, you know, I think they get some money to a charity of their choice. I believe. You know, I'm still working on that. Still, you know, trying to fill that out. But. It wouldn't be the Jake Lang Foundation for. Uh... <laughs> no, unfortunately, unfortunately not. But um, that would be a lot of grocery store trips. That was the case. Yeah, for but, sure, uh, for sure. But no, you're still still kind of working on that part. But you know, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to compete for the award. Um, you know, it's the best holder in college football every year, and I feel like I have a good case to be that. So. You were excited about that uh, that long one uh, that uh, that Stein hit Saturday. Take us through it. Well, so they we went out there to kick it, and then they we didn't have enough people on the field, so we took the delay of game to get a push punt in, and they declined the delay of game. And I took me I took that a little personally. I was like, oh, you don't think we can kick this? Watch this. Stein made it. I mean, it was no doubt. I think it had like five yards more on it, and I was I was excited. So you did take. So that's that's why you were additionally excited. It was more kind of. Not not disrespectfully, but kind of letting them know no, no. you'd been disrespected. I felt as that as if I had been disrespected. You know, they they were saying, "Oh, this holder, you know, he can't get the ball down, he can't get the laces out. You know, the kicker's not going to be able to kick it, the snapper's not going to be able to snap it." Our whole unit took that personally, and we went out and kicked a 52-yard field goal. Well, I think you know when you talk about this holder of the year, I, you to me you kind of talk tongue in cheek like it's really not that big of it, but it is a big deal. I mean, a, a poor hold can mean literally mean the difference in winning and losing a ball game. So how the way how do you approach it mentally? I mean, being a holder is to me kind of exemplifies being a servant leader. You know, it's not about me; it's about you know making sure that I can catch a snap every time, making sure I can get the ball down perfectly every time so the snapper and the kicker look good. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the whole unit. If I win that award, it, it's our whole field goal unit winning that award. That includes Stein, it includes Brennan, it includes the guys that we practice against every day. I'm not surprised you have that attitude, Jake. Well, continued success. Yes, sir. Thank you. Luke, as a preacher, was a student leader, no, what was servant leader? Uh, that, that kind of exemplifies what Jake Lang is all about. I know those two words together don't surprise you. You've known Jake Lang for a while, and as a, uh, as a preacher, you, you hear that a lot, a servant leader. Well, I mean, being a holder allows you to, to maintain that mindset because, you know, I was holding for uh, McCaleb. He was a two-time All-American, I think, when I was holding for him. And uh, he would be the first to tell you. I mean, I'm not propping up myself, but just like, Hey, if, if there's not a good snap from Steven Daigle and Luke doesn't get the ball down, like, I miss everything I kick. And so what what it allows is, while, yes, Stein's the special teams player of the week, Stein kicked a 52-yard field goal, Stein went four for four. That means that uh, there was four good snaps and there was four good holds. And so, yeah, being like that, it allows you to, to you know, keep things in perspective and realize you're there for everybody else. Love Jake Lang's attitude. Good stuff, absolutely. Hey, we're going to take another break. And uh, Scott Watkins from Sun Herald is going to join us. Going to talk, get his opinions on Southern Miss, but but let's zoom out a little bit and talk Sunbelt football opening weekend and into week two. Eagle Hour continues on a Tuesday after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Tonight being Tuesday night, it is SIN night. Now that's an acronym, of course. It stands for Service Industry Night. Every Tuesday night at 4th Street Bar and Grill, they like to salute people who normally make sure that we have a good time. The bartenders, servers, dishwashers of all the other area restaurants around town. They're all welcome at uh, 4th Street, so people who are normally serving us are served at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Trivia on Wednesday nights, of course, then uh, every weekend. Now that football is underway, the National Football League game, Thursday night, Kansas City and Detroit, that'll be on all the TVs. And uh, Hoodats will begin on Sunday. They are playing the Titans. That... Uh, That'll be on the TVs as well. We're efforting Scott Watkins of the Sun-Herald. He'll be hopefully joining us uh, to get through now. Is he with, he's with us now. Scott, as we welcome you now on, on the Eagle Hour, a lot of headlines in the Sun Belt as a league. On the positive side, what Texas State did uh, against Baylor. You also uh, look at Louisiana Monroe beating Army. But on the downside, you know, South Al takes a thumping against Tulane. A Tulane team that comes to Hattiesburg a week from Saturday. And also on the downside, an absolute throttling that Arkansas State took at Oklahoma. Only one week in, but what did you make of weekend number one? Uh, it was a very fun week. Uh, I, had, I had a good time watching some of the games. Uh, you know, as I told somebody, we were watching the uh, Arkansas State games, but that was the first game of, of Saturday. If Texas State could do it against Baylor... You know, none of the other stuff really, really matters. You know, when you when you look at South Alabama, they were struggling against Tulane. If Texas State could just be Baylor, it, it from a national perspective, it wouldn't really matter that much. And I think that we were kind of correct in that today, as the AP poll came out, and Tulane did not move at all after beating a pretty good South Alabama team. So, uh, I think that the perspective is still pretty good for the Sun Belt to have that that big win over Baylor, and to even though some games were a little close clean up all the FCS games, which is pretty hard to do these days. Um, you saw Marshall beat Albany by, by four points. I think altogether a pretty decent week for the Sun Belt. You don't want to see the Arkansas State kind of performance. Uh, you do hope that South Alabama would have been more competitive. But all in all, I think that for the conference as a whole, it was a good week. Well, before I turn you over to Luke, I want to, I want to dig deeper into that Tulane-South-Al South game because Tulane was one of those games on the Southern Miss schedule that half the people think it's a win, half the people think it might not be a win. Was Tulane, is Tulane that much better than South-Al? Are the Jags not as good as perhaps we thought they were or maybe a little bit of both? Your thoughts? Tulane is good. Tulane is really, really, really good. Uh, a lot of these games, most of these games, they're they're one on the trenches, and you're not going to come across another group of five team that's better than Tulane on the trenches. They returned every single starter on the offensive line. They returned almost every single starter in the front seven. They are ridiculously strong right in the middle of that field. So they, they're going to be a tough battle. Um, I think South Alabama is still a good team. I did see some mistakes from Carter Bradley, but they didn't run the ball at all, and it's going to be very, very difficult to run the football in that two-lane defense, and they didn't give Michael Pratt any issues whatsoever. I mean, this dude completed 14 of his 15 pass attempts. Uh, you, you have got to find a way to disrupt their offense, and you've got to find a way to move the football, and it gets Tulane that's going to be extremely difficult. Scott, uh, let's go back to just Southern Miss. Just get your comments real quick. Biggest thing that stood out to you positively, biggest thing that probably needs to be cleaned up uh, going forward. 
I think the biggest thing positively is that we saw a creative Hall offense, and we saw what Will Hall wants to do on offense. It wasn't a typical FCS game. Usually you see a pretty straightforward playbook, uh, but I really, really loved seeing the different elements that play with a, a real quarterback back there. You saw vertical route concepts mixed with a lot of mesh. You saw uh, Ty Mims' legs get utilized on end arounds. Uh, you saw Dree Clark coming in on some of the power run formations. I think that was a lot of fun to watch. I think that that was a good showcase. Uh, I think Hall talked about after the game. He wanted to start fast, and he wanted to show people that this is an offensive football team, and they can be fun on offense, and I think they did that. Um, as far as what they need to work on, uh, I think the biggest negative from the game is uh, the red zone offense at times did not finish drives. They were pretty disciplined throughout the game, but they had a couple penalties that killed drives in the red zone, and then, of course, the interception as well. Andrew Stein did a great job, and you and you love the day that he had, but you don't want to kick four field goals. That's four drives that could have been in the touchdowns, and with that interception, that's five good possessions that did not end in a touchdown. And with the clock rule changes, you are not guaranteed a lot of opportunities these days anymore. You have to take advantage of those those possessions. Yeah, in Chip Kelly's terms, hope a lot of people sell in a lot of commercials. Um, Looking forward to to this week. Pretty pretty, uh, you know, kind of eyebrow raising. What Will Hall said today, uh, he said he coached against you know Bryce Young in Alabama in twenty one, and this Florida State team's better than uh, than them. Uh, what did you see Sunday night? And realistically, what do you want to see out of the Golden Eagles this coming Saturday night? Competitiveness. I you know I want to see Southern Miss take advantage of the opportunity. This is what Will Hall has talked about a lot this offseason in regards to the schedule. There's a lot of opportunity. Florida State is a very good football team, as we all saw this weekend. Um, played played a tough game with, with LSU for about a half and then looked like one of the best teams, I mean, one of the four best teams in the country for, for the second half. Southern Miss, as, as, as a program, as a history, is kind of built for these moments, and I think that this is a team that is very, very, very much looking forward to this game, which is the most important thing. Uh, that you come out looking to win the game, and I think that this, if there's ever a Southern Miss team of the last you know half decade to do it, it's this team. They have to play disciplined. They have to finish possessions. They've got to move the football, uh, and I think they can do that. But it's going to be a monumental uphill battle yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. All right, looking forward to the Sun Belt this weekend. Kelly and I were talking about it during the break. I mean, some really good opportunities for the Sun Belt. Troy on the road at Kansas State. Um, App State on the on uh, taking on UNC Georgia Southern host UAB, uh, but this one really stuck out to me. Um, you know Texas State an underdog against UTSA, and then James Madison, a seven point favorite at the University of Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that that is something I saw that yesterday too. Uh, James Madison has a legit chance to beat Virginia. I I think the other way around is you know does Virginia have a chance to beat? Uh, James Madison. James Madison picked, uh, they went with Alonzo Barnett, a redshirt freshman, and they started with him against Bucknell, and it just wasn't working. I don't know why they didn't open with Jordan McLeod, the guy who had started two dozen FBS football games, uh, but he came into the game and had a fantastic rest of the game. He's going to start against Virginia. Uh, I I think they're going to win that game. I, I think there's going to be a couple of uh, big wins this week, and I feel like James Madison over Virginia is kind of a, a, a gimme almost. It's almost like when you look back and you, when Kansas came to uh, Coastal Carolina, that was one of the very, 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 very rare instances where you looked at a Sunbelt game against a Power 5 team and you thought, oh, okay, yeah, there's no way that the Sunbelt team could lose that game. 
James Madison should win that one. Texas State is an underdog, but UTSA is very good. I'm surprised they didn't beat Houston. I do think that Texas State has a chance here. Uh, a week ago, I told a, a buddy of mine who's a Texas State grad, we were talking about these games, and like, man, it, it could not be worse for a first-year head coach to face Baylor and UTSA. And then, well, they go and beat Baylor and do it pretty easily with that offense and T.J. Finley. That'll be a really fun game. I'm really, really looking forward to that game. Uh, there's also a conference game this week, Louisiana and Old Dominion. So it should be a very, very fun week in the Sun Belt. Scott Watkins of the Sun-Herald with us here on the Eagle Hour. Scott, did we, did we not give enough credit going into the season to ULM and Texas State, or were their wins on Saturday just an aberration? Uh, you know, ULM has some kind of thing going on in Monroe that, you know, nobody really knows how it works. It's almost like a force. You go down there, and then things just get weird. And Army is the Army is almost like a, a Sunbelt team by extension. They play a lot of those weird games, and they play a lot of Sunbelt games. You put Army in Monroe, and anything can happen. Anything at all can happen. This is a Monroe team that wins a game or two every year that they probably shouldn't. I do think that they have some really good football players. they got Tyrone Howell, Aiden Huntington. They've got some dogs on that team. But I don't know about the depth yet. I'm not yet sold on the depth. Texas State, however, before the season started, I knew that they were going to steamroll somebody very randomly. I just didn't think it was going to be week one. And against Baylor, which has been a Big big 12 power, you know, really the past uh, four or five years, you know, when you look at Mm -hmm. it. So when you look at this Southern Miss schedule, you know, when you're you're still looking at that uh, two-lane game as a teeter game, you know, from Southern Miss maybe winning seven or eight games and may, or maybe winning five or six. I mean, you know, Florida State game aside, that, that Tulane game now, uh, it's a lot, seems like a lot um, deeper water that you're going to be swimming in. Yeah, with Tulane and uh, with, with Texas State, you know, outside of Tulane, it seemed like the home schedule was a little light this year. But after that Texas State performance and ULM, it might be a bit tougher than than we may have expected. Uh, we might see a lot of good football games in the Rock this year. Uh, Tulane is going to be a battle, and honestly, I cannot wait for it. I just know that Hattiesburg is going to be electric that day. Well, Absolutely. Pe- yeah, people asked me at lunch today, Luke, they said, well, what do you make, Kelly? I said, look, regardless of the Southern Miss record this year, it's clear to me, and I've never coached a game in college, uh, any football for that matter, but clearly the Southern Miss team is better than they've ever been on the Will Hall watch. But we'll see how it translates record-wise. Absolutely. Scott, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you coming on with us today. Thank you, guys, as always. I just want to remind you about 4th Street Bar Grill. Of course, uh, they bring you the 995 lunch of the day. Every day comes with a drink right there on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Eagle Hour will close out on a Tuesday right after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff discussing the Sunbelt Conference with Scott Watkins of the Bloxy Sun-Herald. If you missed the first half of the show, interviews uh, with Andrew Stein and Jake Lang, and then we spent uh, the entire first segment with Jeff Coolhane, the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, previewing uh, this coming weekend's game against Florida State, who, who has risen up, Kelly. They were eighth, now they're fifth in, uh, in the coaches' poll. 
And uh, I'll, I'll ask you something else about that just uh, just in a moment. But uh, Kelly, Michael, and me are in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, uh, thir- fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every day brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Great facilities, great pro shop, all kinds of things to do at DBAT and D1 to get in the best shape of your life. Get great instruction. The website, dbathattiesburg.com. Also like to welcome to the Eagle Hour team, Lenny's Grill and Subs. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, my wife, Kelly Sander, is a Lenny's just fanatic. When she's in Hattiesburg and she gets something to eat, a lot of times she's going to pick Lenny's. they got really good subs, and uh, we'd like to welcome Lenny Grills and Subs uh, to the Eagle Hour. And lots of Southern Miss fans, too. You know, I know the basketball team likes to get slide in out there when they can. Really conveniently located to the campus. Just uh, go to Lenny's, then shoot right across 38th Street, and you're almost uh, right there on campus. So, And Lenny's been around for a while, too. Yeah. So you, you know the, the quality you're getting. Just in, uh, as I mentioned that, Lauren Johnson sends a text in all caps, Yes! <laughs> Lenny's. <laughs> Oh, I so think that's at stuff. least one free sandwich. Do you know? Yeah, the, maybe so. The, the promotion. You know, you were talking. We were talking about Jeff Colhane uh, earlier, and I would find it a little intimidating following uh, Gene Deckerhoff. But um, and and you, you're too young to remember this, Luke. And and Jeff remembered it probably through folklore. But back in the day, uh, when Deckerhoff was doing Florida State football back in the '80s, um, his color man was. I kid you not, Jesse the Body Ventura from professional wrestling fame. How would you like to work with that guy? And politics. You know, and politics. See, the thing about Jesse Ventura is he's a really smart guy. I mean, he was a Navy SEAL, right? I mean, this guy's really, really smart. But because of his professional wrestling background, you don't know if what he's saying. He became governor when I moved to Minneapolis to go to broadcasting school. Uh And the big thing was he was... He got a lot of the youth vote because he was going to help out with student loan and paying for – that was what he was campaigning on. Comes governor a few months go by, and he doesn't push it. He's not going for it anymore. So students are rallying outside the Capitol. He comes out and tells them, if you're smart enough to go to college, you're smart enough to figure out how to pay for it. And that was the end of it. So I I ended up having – even though I was in school paying for it, I was like – I got to respect that. Well, that was about the end of his term, though, too. Pretty much, yeah. It was a one-term. <laughs> one and done. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, how would you like to work with him, Luke? Jesse the body. Yeah, just that that color would be, you know, <laughs> yeah. what, what type? What you, you know, you go get the different types of crayons, and there's all the different. There's <laughs> yes. the, the exotic crayons, the basic crayons. I'm not sure what you would call his, his color. Yeah, that would be definitely interesting. It was good to visit with Jeff and, you know, I, I'd say again, Bob and I had the opportunity to, uh, to interview Gene Deckerhoff back in 2017 and I knew the voice. And then all of a sudden I was like, that's the PA guy on Madden. That's the PA yes. guy on the college football games. And I was like, and, and we were joking with that off air and I said, Mr. Deckerhoff. It's an honor, sir. <laughs> and you know, For all these years playing Madden, that's been your voice. What, what I sense from Florida State, too, and, and you heard it from Jeff Colhane today, and I certainly thought it was genuine, there's a genuine respect for a Southern Miss football program, despite the, the trials and tribulations the Golden Eagle football program has been in, you know, say the past 10 years or so. Um, there's great respect there for Southern Miss. Um, they know about their tradition. They'll, they'll be prepared, you know, and ready to play. That, that some, I don't think lots of schools do give Southern Miss the respect necessarily that they deserve. But from the Florida State people that truly know, they, they know what they're in for, you know, with, with Southern Miss. 
And well, I mean, the, there's there's two dates. You know, the, the series overall, 14-8-1, a lot of the wins for the Golden Eagles were, you know, pre-1970. But at the same time, there's there's two dates that loom large in that series. One, of course, um, was, was in the early 80s. Uh, was November 14th, 1981, 58-14 Eagles route. And then eight years later, they were preseason top five and Favre and Curley going there. Coach Bauer talks Coach Hallman out of a run play to run that play action uh, on on third and gold, and and Southern Miss you know knocked off Florida State. So Kelly, it's kind of hard to believe since that upset they'd only played twice. They played once the game we talked with Lee on Friday about ninety six, and then the, the Independence Bowl. They've only played twice um, since that eighty nine game. And you're starting to see maybe a little shift. We talked about the NIL deals and how it might change the landscape of college football. Well, LSU is not unbeatable, even though just about every player they had, you know, was a transfer. Um, you know, Georgia obviously is going to be Georgia, but you saw Clemson get annihilated last night by Duke. I mean, who would have ever seen that coming? So perhaps still in its infancy, we're seeing that the NIL might be evening some things out, particularly with the big schools. And I know Florida State has had much success, but they haven't been very good lately. So good for them that they've got it back on track. Hopefully after this Saturday they can get back on track. Good deal. Lady Eagles finish third in the South Alabama Intercollegiate. We'll tell you more about that tomorrow. I'll always remind you that uh, Noel Daniels can get you a brand new golf cart icon golf cart delivered anywhere in the state of mississippi for only 99 dollars noel daniels motor company in brandon mississippi that's gonna wrap it up for the eagle hour today thanks for joining us we'll catch you tomorrow and as always southern miss to, to the, the top, Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.